Welcome to the Boston Rob Show. I am Boston Rob. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're staying safe and wearing a mask. Uh, And if you hear my creaking chair, I think I told you this before. Uh, For those of you who may be finding yourself unemployed or setting up a home office because of the pandemic, and you're looking at nice reclining office chairs, you know those chairs that you could spin around in forever? In fact, my kids take this chair into the living room just to do that. Uh, you might see them online for like 100 even $200, some of these chairs. Go to the second-hand stores. If you got a Goodwill or Savers or something like that, buy ya. I don't know what they're called in your neck of the woods. Around me, they're called Savers. Um, go and get it there. Because I got what is probably like a $100 chair for $8.99. And it just makes some weird creaks sometimes. It sounds like my stomach's making noises. It's not my stomach, I, pr- I promise you. I'd tell you if it was. I'd edit it out. But it's this friggin' chair. The thing creak. Maybe I need to oil it. Um, so there's your uh, pandemic tip of the week for the podcast. Now, I had a whole podcast laid out. Notes and all. But I just don't have the energy to get into Trump's secret police and uh, paid medical leave. <laughs> And the people who believe these unemployment benefits, you know, the stimulus, the CARES Act, the benefit package due to the pandemic. uh, Well, there are people now saying that because unemployed people got this extra $600 a week, which, by the way, ends this week. But I've had people say to me on Twitter that because they received this money and some of them maybe made more than they did work and that they will not go back into the workforce. And my response was, what are they going to do? Fucking retire? Are you serious? You get an extra 600 a week for a few months. You make maybe an extra seven grand over three months. And you're telling me that these people all of a sudden won't have to buy food, use that money for utilities or bills, rent, mortgages, and they're just going to quit working? Are you high? What is, like, people are saying this to me, and I'm seeing other people say this. I'm going, what the, what are you thinking? Who can retire off $600 a week? Who becomes unemployed and doesn't have to pay bills anymore? What la-la land are you living in? It's incredible to me, and it makes me think that people don't maybe understand how unemployment works. So when I got it, and I know many other people who have received it, you get about a third of what you were making while you were working. So that extra 600 will maybe bring you to halfway to what you were making. For some people who made make a tiny bit of money, yeah, that 600 might have been a little bit more. But it's a finite amount of money. You don't get that forever. In fact, it's the government 600 extra is ending this week. And unemployment itself, it's only a finite amount of money. You don't get it for the rest of your life or until you find another job. No, you have have a limited amount of time to use that money and you have a limited amount of money to get from the government or from the unemployment insurance, whatever it is. So that's not some like thing that you can just sit and collect and decide like, you know what? I'm never working again. I've had people, that's why I think like some of the people that are saying this stuff really don't understand what unemployment is and how it works. They've definitely never gotten it. Because if you've gotten it, you know 
It's scary. It's meek. It's meager. You're lucky if you can pay all your bills. Usually what you do while you collect unemployment is juggle bills. And that's when the debt mounts up. So this extra 600 in the stimulus package for, you know, something that's been unprecedented, a pandemic that we haven't seen in a hundred years, a once in a generation event. And the government helps out people making sure they can keep a roof over their head, though most are going to be facing evictions, making sure they can still eat food, pay their bills. <laughs> we got people out there saying, oh, they're going to stop wanting to work. Really? Like, who are these just selfish assholes? Who are these people that have the balls to say that? It, it's so beyond me. Whoever could think that, like, oh, the people that earned an extra 600 if they earned more than they were working before, that they're just going to not want to work ever again. They're just going to retire with that money that probably already went to bills and rent. <laughs> like, what? You just show how much you don't know Oh, when you say stuff like that. And it's sad because there are big names in certain conservative media that are saying the same thing. And I just wonder, it's like, is there a political fan base that just doesn't question stuff? They just hear it and they go, yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Yeah, it seems like I think all people are lazy and if they got a little bit of money, they'd never work again. Yeah, that, that totally checks out. The math on that works. <laughs> like, how are they going to, what are they, how are they going to afford to pay the bills after it runs out? Or do these people not know it runs out? See, I can't get into this right now. I get too fired up. This is why I don't argue with people on Twitter. Because I just end up realizing, like, oh, you know what? I feel bad for them. They're stupid. It's like hearing Trump brag about his cognitive dementia test and how he passed it. How he had to say, woman, man, person, camera, TV, and repeat it back. It's not like you're proud of you, you. You're a little bit embarrassed and you kind of feel bad. You don't want to say like, oh, that, dude, that's stupid. That's not, not a real test. <laughs> like, no one qualifies that as a test. And you feel um, really scared that this guy is in control of the country. So it's kind of like that, you know. I have to have these arguments on Twitter and then I just kind of disappear from them. and go, oh, God. Like I said to the guy, do you hear yourself out loud when you say these things? Do you recognize like what, what you're actually saying? Do you think that checks out? Why don't you snopes yourself? Because I, I can't do this anymore. I can't explain basic shit to people. So I'm not going to talk about that. What I do want to talk about on this podcast is two things. I got, uh, it's not Alexa, but it's like an Amazon Echo something. I don't know. It was a gift from my mother-in-law and it was a super nice gift. The kids love it. But I've, since the dawn of Alexa and these home, what do you call them? Like home assistants. I just call them artif artificial intelligence. That's what it is. I don't use Siri. My daughter loves Siri. I don't use it. And I don't use the Alexa stuff. Why? Well, because I've read the stories. I've listened to Edward Snowden. I've seen his movies. And I know that they can track you. They listen to you. And I've had conversations with doctors about this. Not like in a psych ward doctors. Like uh, professionals. 
that are doctors that have valued their opinion. And I've said, what do you think about this? And they've said, well, you know, if it makes life easier and better, then what's wrong with it? I said, yeah, but at some point, isn't our information valuable? You know, and if they're using that to capitalize and cash in on me, uh, I don't know if I like that. I also don't like the aspect that they could have access to listening into my own. They could be listening to me podcast right now. And I don't know if they aren't. They, yeah, they brag and make sure it's very known that they have a off button for their speaker and the big red light lights up. But do I really believe that it's off? I mean, if this thing is complex as me pressing a button, I can turn, you know, these things into intercoms and talk to anybody from wherever I am just by my phone. Why do I think that Amazon doesn't have a button like that to listen in whenever they want just from wherever they are? I don't know. I go way too deep into thought for it. And, you know, this is the early stages of it. I feel like this is them trying to ease us into whatever's next. And I don't know whatever next is. If it's a robot or like Rosie from the Jetsons or whatever it is. I don't even have that fucking Roomba in my house. The the robot vacuum. I don't want that thing. I don't know if that's got a tracking device in it or what. Call me crazy, but... You'll see when Skynet and the machines start, you know, becoming a political power, just like Citizens United. Corporations can be considered a citizen. Just wait until the robots get their Citizens United cased. Um, (laughs) I'm going so in-depth into that, I shouldn't be sharing all this. But we got Alexa, um, and I was very grateful for it. But I'm still, I'm so cautious of it. I, I, I can't help but just, it sits in the back of my mind. Like, I don't know who at Amazon has access to these things, but somebody does. And I've read the stories about them listening in. And who cares how banal and benign my conversations are? I just don't like... Like, you know, when you've seen those things on the news about some of these security cameras where the kids are in their room and a hacker is talking to the kids, messing with them, like that is a dystopian fear of mine where somebody can just chime in at any minute that you don't know. It's just some stranger who's turned out been listening to you since you got the thing. Just like uh, the Google Nest, when that came out, uh, nobody knew it had a speaker inside of it. And Google didn't advertise it. And then with one of the updates, they let everybody know, hey, by the way, now your thing is a home assistant. It has a speaker. And it's had it the whole time. We just never advertised it, and you didn't know that. But now with this latest update, now it has a speaker, so feel free to talk to it. And I thought, like, wow, that is so crazy that these companies can put this technology in our house without our consent. And who knows what they're doing with it. And I don't know, maybe, maybe this is all worked up fears, but I just, something in my gut says it's, there's something wrong with it. Something wrong with it. I don't know. Just maybe my ability to plot a revolution in my living room, just like the good old Sons of Liberty back in the 1700s. You know, when they were trying to plot the revolution, they went to the bars and they had to make sure no redcoats were around. I like that freedom. I mean, I'm not doing it, but 
I would just like to think if I had to plot a new revolution, I'd like to be able to do it in my house without Alexa listening. And, <laughs> and every time you say her name, like I was thinking that too. I'm like, who, what about the kids that are named Alexa? No parent can yell Alexa and say anything without having two voices now. One artificial intelligent voice speaking up and then their kid chiming in. How do they come with that name? I don't know. So I don't know if people are on board with this or if people have as many doubts and questions that I've had since we've got this thing, but I'm still on the fence. I can't say like, oh, I got it and I love it because I've seen these YouTubers. There's YouTubers that create videos about how their smartphone is uh, or their smart home is hooked up to everything and they just have to say, Alexa, do this and they can lock the door and turn off the lights and flush the toilet and God knows what. I thought like, yeah, that's kind of cool. But are you, how many freedoms are you sacrificing to have all that stuff hooked up together? And if something goes wrong or some hacker gets your code and they decide to shut off all your lights and open your garage and just mess with you, like, was it worth it? You know, I call me old fashioned, but I don't mind walking around and shutting lights off. <laughs> I don't need to do it on my phone or talk to some robot about it. <sighs> okay, let's get to the real part of the podcast that I want to discuss with you because I feel like this is like crazy conspiracy talk with Rob, although it, it's wicked late at night. So just forgive me. I'm still my wife's working a grueling schedule. I still don't have time. I mean, I wish I could just come in here in the morning and podcast. And I'm going to try to because the kids get up at the the butthole of dawn. I can't even say at the crack of dawn because it's not even the crack. It's the hole. They get up the hole of dawn where it's like, you're like, oh, you know, I used to have to do this for work. I don't even know how they can do it and be so chipper. You know, like they pop right out of the bed and they're like, let's go outside. I'm like, it's 90 out. They're like, I know, but I want to check the tomatoes. We're growing a bunch of food. Um, <laughs> so I'm hoping that one of these days I can just start podcasting again like normal um, during this pandemic and while schedules are all frayed and my wife is just a superhero working the way she is. Uh, it's been tough. So forgive me. And forgive this podcast for sounding like just a conspiracy theory. Like, I feel like the, uh, the, I don't even know. I don't want to say what's his name, Alex Jones, because I know I'm not that cuckoo. But, uh, what I really wanted to tell you about, and I haven't got to share this with you. I started watching this a while ago. I watch a ton of YouTube, okay? I love supporting creators on there. It's like the unfiltered version of TV. Some of it's really good, some of it's really bad, but nonetheless, it's all interesting. Plus, you can watch all the late night shows. That's where I watch Kimmel, Colbert, uh, get my local news, get my CBS This Morning. Everybody seems to kind of be posting something on YouTube, whether it's a full show or snippets. You can get podcasts, uh, paranormal stuff. That's what I, I'll tell you what, if you like watching paranormal stuff on network TV, you're going to absolutely love it on YouTube because it's unfiltered, it's uncut. And one of my good friends who kind of, kind of pioneered paranormal TV on cable, uh, he worked on the show Paranormal State, which ran from like, I don't know, the early 2000s for quite a few years. There were quite a few seasons. 
his name's Chad and he worked on Paranormal State. He was on some of the last episodes in the final couple seasons. And when I would talk to him about the show, he would always say, you know what bugged me the most is he wanted us or the, the network wanted us to do these paranormal investigations and make them fit tidily in a half hour or an hour, whatever the show duration was for that episode. And he said, that's just not how they work. You know, there's so much that goes into it. And when there's really something going on, it doesn't fit in 22 minutes. You just can't have that happen with commercial bakes. And then everything just gets wrapped up at the end. And he said, so what he wanted to do was maybe potentially work for HBO or do like a documentary style, which he has. He's actually done it on his own and his movies are spectacular. If you get a chance to watch it, uh, aghtelevision.com, I believe is his website. You can sign up there and he's got a ton of movies and, and they're great. But that's what YouTube does. YouTube allows paranormal investigators and yes, some fake it. That sucks. Hopefully you can you can figure out who's kind of doing it for show and who genuinely means it. And I've experienced a lot experienced a lot of them. I've watched a ton of people. I've done research on some people. Uh, I've followed some people since the beginning of their YouTube career. And I'll tell you what, for the most part, there's some really good quality stuff going on out there. The creators that are doing some paranormal stuff are the, the genuine ones are really, um, fantastic. I, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, it's unlike anything on TV. So if you like this stuff on TV, I'm telling you, check out the paranormal stuff on YouTube. And that's what I want to tell you about this channel called ghosts of Carmel, Maine. And that's just the channel. So go find them, subscribe to them. And there's this one episode or this one video that this guy Kent does that I, I stumbled upon YouTube, like recommended it to me. And I started following this guy, uh, two or three, I forget. It might be two years ago when he started his channel. And I remember watching a few of his first videos thinking like, Oh, some interesting stuff. You know, it was nothing crazy, but I thought like, wow, he was really living in a weird house because there's some unexplainable things going on. And the guy's, you know, probably in his late fifties. I don't know. He he's older. So you think like, he's not your typical YouTube paranormal investigator. Who's, you know, hoping to catch a ghost on camera and get a viral video out there and maybe make the local news. Like this dude has no intentions of making his videos viral, creating a community or a platform. He really didn't. In fact, when you watch his videos, you'll see all the comments are shut off, which if you know anything about YouTube content, you want your comments on and you want a lot of comments and a lot of likes because that will help you go viral. This guy has it shut off. He doesn't even want to hear about it in the comments. He, and I'm guessing because, you know, probably he had to hear from a ton of people questioning whether it's real or not and why well because he has caught some of the most frightening paranormal evidence ever and i say this like you gotta check this out and when you do don't watch it late at night i did i sent it to my daughter and then i told her you know what you have to stop it at i forget what it was like 26 minutes in i said you can't watch past there tonight you wait till the morning and then you watch it because it was scary for me 
And I watched, this was like a month ago, I've been meaning to talk about it on the podcast. Um, and even, I showed it to my wife. My wife is like tough as nails when it comes to paranormal stuff. She's experienced a lot uh, of paranormal events in her day. And she was even a little bit shook. You know, when I see that, I go, yeah, there's something to this. This is not uh, strings and whatever. And he debunks his own stuff. You know, because I guess when he had the comments on, people were saying, oh, it's a string, it's a cat, it's this. But I just, I, I beg you to watch it for yourself. And the video I'm talking about is called uh, Shadow Dude Anomalies and something. I, I Just go and find Ghosts of Carmel, Maine on YouTube. And then search for the Shadow Dude and Anomalies video. It's probably like an hour long. And uh, it starts with Kent talking and the background behind him is black so if you see that you know you're at the right video and you'll know if you're at the right video if you start seeing these shadow figures that he's caught on camera that are terrifying and this is like a big old burly dude with old man strength you know he's he's been around he's seen some things and he still gets shook when he catches these things on camera and there's no explaining it there's just no explanation for what the fuck this dude's experiencing, except for the fact that he digs into the history of the home and some of the things. I, I just I can't tell you the whole story. I implore you. Uh, that's my chair. I implore you. I beg you to watch this dude. He he creates some of the most compelling content on YouTube, and I really wanted to share that with you. I hope you don't do it late at night. Don't make that mistake. Because I still, like, I'm down in my office. It's wicked late at night. And when I walk upstairs and I turn the corner, I, my heart almost skips a beat. My Apple Watch tells me. You gotta, you gotta, afibula, afibulation, whatever it's called. Fibulation. You get a heart uh, murmur. And I know I do because I'm terrified to see something like that. So just be warned that these videos he has viewer discretion advised you know before he starts playing the videos too but when you see this stuff whether you believe it or not well no if you believe it you, you, you just gotta wonder like what some of these houses some of these old houses some of the land some of the like it's so crazy to think that there's another dimension and I talked about this on the last podcast that you know that there's a spiritual realm around us that just we can't see. But sometimes, sometimes it bleeds into our world. And it's terrifying to think that this dude has to live in that house. I don't know how he does it. Um, but it's really, really great stuff. Uh, did I suggest to you guys to watch Norseman? If, if you have Netflix, I've already suggested the Viking show, The Last Kingdom. Uh... That's a very good, kind of true-to-life, very historical, yet Hollywood show, um, but roots in history. Well, Norseman, which just released season three, just a couple days ago. Season three came out for Norseman, and it's a prequel season, which they still did spectacularly. Um, Norseman is a Viking show, but it's more akin to, like, The Office, so, you know, The Office is very, like, deadpan comedy. Um, it's that kind of Viking show. But it's spectacular. It's very, very funny. So, 
there's a couple things for you to watch if you still if if your state is getting relocked down. <laughs> God. Oh, we could have we could have been like New Zealand. We could have been. They have things under control there. Um I really hope you're staying safe. It is wicked late, so I'm gonna wrap it up, but oh, there was just a few things I wanted to catch up with you about. And I'm, I'm, I promise you, go watch Ghosts of Carmel, Maine on YouTube. If you don't have the YouTube app, just get it. I can't wait. Watching these uh, paranormal creators, like them, Ghosts of Carmel, Maine, Kent, uh, he's the dude that runs that channel, uh, Joe and Rob from Urban Ghost Urban Exploration, and then Omar Gosh, who has Omar Gosh TV. Those are three pretty big YouTubers, um, and they create some absolutely spectacular content. Some of it's uh, like the Omar stuff is a little more for entertainment, Urban Ghost Urban Exploration. Uh, Joe, I think, is more like just urban exploration. Kent of Ghosts of Carmel, Maine, is historical, paranormal, like, hardcore stuff, so if you're into that, I, I, I highly suggest that one, but, uh, just some things I wanted to suggest, because I know that not many people, or maybe more people are, but not many people look at YouTube as, like, another TV channel, and it truly is, it makes me, when I watch these episodes, I cannot wait to get back out uh, to some graveyards and to some locations to do investigations. It just makes me jonesing to go out. As terrifying as it is, when I get that scared, I don't know what it is. There's something addictive about it. That's what it is. There's like an energy rush. There's a there's a endorphin rush that makes you, you know, when you've experienced that and all the hairs stand up on your body and you're terrified, but you just want to know what's there. There's something addicting to that. So I got to start. Well, I just, I felt like it's been unsafe to go out. <clears throat> so we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I want to go out and make a video before the weather changes again. So hopefully uh, I'll be able to go out and create soon. Well, my daughter's going to college soon. And I told her, I said, I want you to come and do another paranormal video with me. So hopefully I'll make one soon. I'll let you know when I do. Uh, and if you're on YouTube and you haven't subscribed to my channel, please do. It's just uh, Boston Rob. You can find me on there. You can go watch all my old Haunted Salem episodes. And I promise you, if, if you have seen them, uh, I'm going to come out with a new one soon. Uh, so that is all for tonight. I thank you. Uh, if you could share this, if you could share this podcast with somebody. Share it on social media. Share it wherever you can. I don't know. Do people congregate anymore around the water cooler? You tell somebody about it. I don't know if water coolers are obsolete now. Now it's a virtual bubbler. But uh, if you could share the podcast, that would mean the world to me. And if not, but you listen on iTunes, the iTunes podcasting app. Right now, I'm ending the podcast. It would help the podcast immensely. If you just took one second right after this ends, or you could do it right now while you're listening, you just close the the little the little play thing. I don't know what you could the play screen, and you scroll to the very bottom of the Boston Rob Show page on the iTunes podcasting app. When you scroll to the very bottom of my show page, the podcast page, you'll see five empty purple stars. If you click all five, that leaves the podcast with a five star rating. 
and it lets iTunes know that people like it, people enjoy it, and it will hopefully promote it to more listener, to new listeners, to people who do not see this podcast, who have not found it yet. Hopefully, we'll get a little bit of promotion. So if you can leave the podcast with a five-star rating, it would mean the world to me. I can only grow this podcast with your help, so I thank you so much. We're doing this thing grassroots. If we've learned anything about grassroots, uh, d- d- does it not work? Because I'm still bummed out that Bernie Sanders is cut out of the presidential race again. Um, but I believe grassroots can work. I believe with your help, we can do this. We can get this podcast huge. So I thank you so much for sharing it, leaving it with a five-star rating. Much love. Spread love. Don't forget, destiny is all. Peace.